Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Barbell Chirocast. I am your host, Dr. Seth Myers, a sports chiropractor in Sherman, Texas. And today we are going to talk about warming up. So this is kind of a follow-up episode to, I think it was the last episode I did on stretching. Um, so stretching is just kind of one part of one aspect that you might use in a warm-up routine. So in this episode, I'm going to cover kind of the entirety of the warm-up routine, or at least principles we should be considering uh, with that. So, um, and of course, we're talking about a warm-up in, in regards to before doing some sort of physical activity. So, uh, before sports practice, before some sort of workout or training, things of that nature. Um, so let's dive right in, shall we? So, um, online, uh, I mean, just on Google, you can pull up some pretty awesome uh, re- uh, sorry, references uh, for a warm-up. Uh, because it does seem to be kind of like stretching in the sense that there's a lot of misconception on what we should be doing, um, how long it should last things that should be included, so on and so forth. And so there's two off, t- off the top of my head or that I've got here that um, are really, really great. So one of them, if you just go to Google and type in Villanova University, and then warm up guidelines, that's just a one page PDF that does a really great job of kind of summarizing um, things you should be considering. Um, and I'll just kind of briefly read some of the things that they uh, mention here. So with their warm up guidelines, there's kind of three points. So um, raising body temperature, increasing blood flow is, is point number one. Um, priming muscles, joints, ligaments, and tendons for the forces uh, and range of motions are going to do during the uh, exercise. And then stimulating the nervous system, preparing the body for competition with specific activities. So that is your broad strokes. What are we doing in a warm up right there? Um, but then we can break that down into kind of a general warm up and more specific warm-up and that you know obviously a general warm-up is going to be something where we're really just trying to warm the temperature of the body up Um, and so that one you know it really doesn't really matter what we do the more specific we can make it to the thing we're about to do probably the better or uh, another way of thinking of it is with this we just want to do some sort of in my brain I think more like cardio-esque activity um, or body weight movement moving around um, things like uh, hopping on a bike, hopping on a rower, going for a light uh, jog, uh, maybe even just some calisthenic type things, so jumping jacks, uh, maybe some burpees, things of that nature. But really we're just trying to do some body weight, moving around, getting blood flow, and even working up to a pretty light sweat. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and then from there, I mean, with warming the temperature of our body up, we're increasing blood flow to pretty much the entirety of the body, but especially, again, if you use specific areas of our body. So if we're going to do more of a leg-focused workout, maybe hopping on the bike as opposed to um, doing something that requires more upper body uh, activity for for what you're doing. Um, But then we can transition into uh, more of a specific warm-up. So that might be something where we're focusing on uh, again, more specific to muscle groups we're going to use for that day. So again, if I'm using more leg focus for the workout, um, I probably don't need to include a whole lot of, you know, arm swinging, um, anything that really is, you know, focusing on shoulder mobility or range of motion, things of that nature, just because I won't need it. And uh, just once I get moving in general. Um, in terms of my body, I'm probably going to, you know, have all the shoulder range of motion I need if I'm focusing on leg uh, stuff for the day and vice versa. So if I'm doing, let's just say bench press, 
right? Um, <clears throat> I don't necessarily in this specific part of the warm-up need to you know do a whole lot of lunges, air squats, things of that nature. Um, maybe some push-ups or some variation of that or some pull-ups or some variation of that or some of those arm swings are going to come more in handy with uh, focusing on upper body. Um, but that's, you know, it gives you, again, I'm kind of referencing right now that, that PDF there. Um, but that just does a really great job of if you're kind of thinking, you know, how long should it take, things of that nature. Uh, this is a great uh, little one sheet to look at. Now, a little bit more in depth, and this is a, <clears throat> I'm a fan of this here. Um, there's an article on uh, scienceforsport.com. Uh, so, again, if you just go to Google and type in, like, science for sport. Uh, warm-up guidelines, something along that uh, line there, should be a pretty good article. It's pretty long, too, and they even reference some uh, research uh, articles on uh, warm-ups and where they pull their information from, which is awesome. Um, <clears throat> but I'll just kind of uh, go through, again, very briefly, a few key points that I really like from this article. So number one is uh, they use what's called like a ramp method, so R-A-M-P, and uh, that stands for a few different things, but raise, activate, mobilize, potentiate. So those are kind of the four key parts of your warm-up. And so with that raise, again, I'm just going to quickly go over this, raising, you know, body temperature, heart rate, respiratory rate, blood flow, joint viscosity, um, that's what we're raising. And obviously, when we get one of those things raised up, we're probably raising the rest of them as well. So heart rate and body temperature, you know, if your heart rate is going up, your body temperature is likely going up as well. And then obviously if our heart rate is going up, blood flow is increasing as well, so on and so forth. So that's pretty straightforward, pretty similar to what we already know. Um, and then <clears throat> activate and mobilize. So again, this kind of gets more into that, what we talked about before, the specific uh, warm-up. So, you know, if I'm doing upper body stuff, it makes more sense to spend more time loosening up and moving around my upper body compared to lower body. So um, I guess this is kind of where I'll break off and say, you know, every warm-up or when you go to do a warm-up in the gym, it doesn't necessarily have to be the same day in and day out. And I would argue that if it is the exact same every single day, then you're probably doing stuff that isn't very efficient. So again, if you've got a day that's just very, very heavy upper body weight stuff, um, I don't see a whole lot of utility in doing lunges back and forth in the gym, um, doing a whole lot of time on the bike, things of that nature. Um, just because we, I mean, it, it, you're just wasting your time doing that. <clears throat> um, now, obviously, if there is some leg stuff, then sure, you'll want to have that in there. But we're with this activation and mobilization phase, we're kind of working on trying to get very specific to the areas of our body that we're working. And then that uh, potentiate, so that was the A and the uh, M and the ramp. And then the P or the potentiate or performance. So this gets even more specific. So let's take a sport because that's going to be where it's a bit more um, utilized there. So like soccer, for example, is a really great example where, you know, maybe I did a general warm-up of jogging around. Maybe I started to do the activation. Um, I'm starting to do maybe some lunges, things of that nature, maybe some banded uh, glute or hip specific stuff. And then my potentiator performance phase, I might start doing some um, agility type drills or planting and cutting. So I'm getting more and more specific with the drills that I'm doing as part of my warm up. And uh, of course with a warm up, a lot of this is not going to necessarily be if we're doing specific drills at 100%, but the goal is to slowly 
build up to where our body is literally warm and our body has done some of the things that we're going to do a little bit already so that we can do them more intensely. And that's really some of the basic goals of our warm-up. But I also wanted to mention they brought up a really awesome point, which um, I just can't really stress enough. And that's the fact that, you know, when we're dealing with especially team-based sports, or if you're going to the gym and you've got, <clears throat> let's say, uh, an hour to do a workout, or you're just crunched for time in general, so the time that you spend doing these things is very valuable. You want to make the biggest bang for your buck. You want to spend your time wisely. Um, they make the point at the beginning of the article that, uh, you know, you, you end up racking up a decent amount of time over an entirety of a training program. Um, so, for example, let's say you work out for an hour. Let's say you spend 15 minutes of that warming up or 15 minutes and then you have an hour of training. Um, that 15 minutes, let's say it's uh, four days a week just for the sake of math. By the end of the week, you've spent an hour of your training just doing a warm-up. Um, obviously if you work out more than that and then you extrapolate that over the weeks and months that becomes to be a bigger and bigger number and so they make the argument here that if you're not doing stuff in your warm-up that doesn't have some sort of skill or transfer uh, to kind of the broader picture of what we're trying to accomplish then maybe we should look at adding something like that in there. So <clears throat> um, if, we, if you can look at your warm-up plan and program and maybe pick and choose a few spots where you can um, add in some more specific skill work that doesn't require a lot of you know huge amounts of effort but at least something that's specific to your uh, your sport um, add that in here and there um, that might be a great thing to do and so off the top of my head and I might actually do another episode now that I've thought about this about like how you can structure that um, so what that might look like is so for me if I go to the CrossFit gym um, if I am on my own um, warming up, something that I have done in the past that I really enjoy is putting in some of the gymnastic skill work stuff towards the beginning or basically in my warm-up. So as part of my warm-up, I might do something like ride the bike for 8 calories and then go over and do, let's say, 8 toes to bar and come back and do, let's say, 10 calories and then 10 toes to bar and then 12 and 12. So the reps are going up. As I get looser and looser, you know, the first set of toast bar, the first eight calories on the bike is usually the most um, stiff or you're kind of getting the groove of that pattern. But once you've done it once or twice, you can add a few more reps here and there. And then that's also part of my skill work. So I'm not very great at toast bar, but um, over each set or part of the goal of that set is to not necessarily be fatigued going into it, but to do that set unbroken. And if you're coming into the gym relatively fresh, doing a set like that is not super difficult to do unbroken. But, you know, what you can do within your warm-up is if you have that as one of your days that that's what you do, um, you can slowly over time add an extra set in there. So it's four sets instead of just the three I mentioned. Add some extra reps, things of that nature, so that you can get a little bit better um, moving forward. So, again, that makes it more specific to what you're going to do. So if you're playing soccer, maybe that's something like planting and cutting or uh, maybe some <clears throat> uh, jump uh, drills and, and landing drills for uh, working on balance slash coordination of foot as we land, things of that nature. So we don't have to have this warm-up that is very passive and we're just kind of doing stuff to go through the motions to get ready to practice. It should be very intentional and, and I think you can actually, like this article mentions, 
get a lot of bang for your buck if we put certain movements, activities, exercises uh, lined up in that warm-up that can help transfer over later down the road. So let's talk about um, a couple other uh, articles I wanted to mention. So <clears throat> those two are just super great. Um, and that second one, like I said, the Science for Sport um, does a great job at, uh, at basically telling you uh, a lot of the different reference, references that they use at the bottom of that article. Um, and it's actually pretty long, so it's, it's really good if you read it over. But anyway, so let's move forward. So um, one study I wanted to mention was, uh, so this was basically testing the duration of a warm-up. And I, I guess, you know, we're almost 13 minutes into the episode, and I haven't mentioned this quite yet. There's really not a giant, robust uh, literature base for warming up. And then the other thing to consider, too, is, um, so that ramp protocol is pretty great. But before that, there wasn't, and there's still, I mean, had there was principles, but there wasn't really a great, like, protocol like this is exactly how you warm up uh, especially like I said before that ramp idea um, so anyway the reason why I say that is because a lot of times when we're asking the simple question like how long should it take to warm up the reality is we just don't have a great answer because there's not a whole lot of science out there that says X Y or Z for this is how long it should take and then on top of that there's a lot of individual variants um, I know a couple people that I talk to at the gym, especially it seems like as we get a bit older, um, the uh, I'm guessing is probably just a blood flow and viscosity issue. Um, you know, they can go through the warm up, and then once they get into a round or two of the actual workout, then they start feeling good. Whereas if you're a bit younger, um, you might go through uh, the warm up and you're ready to start lifting heavy within five minutes of being at the gym. Um, obviously, there's a decent amount of or individual variance, so that's something that we have to keep in mind. Anyway, so this study, uh, I'll read the title here. So, influence of warm-up duration and recovery interval uh, prior to exercise on anaerobic performance. So, um, basically what they did here is they had groups of people that were testing uh, basically the Wingate test, which is... Uh, pretty much a max output on a bike for oh I don't know the exact duration I know it's I think it's longer than 30 seconds but it could be I haven't done one in a while so uh, hopefully I don't get too butchered for this but anyway it's super brutal it's pretty brutal test um, and you're testing your max like anaerobic power um, but so what they did is they had a aerobic warm-up for five minutes and then I think they had a 5 uh, 15 and maybe even a 20 and they're basically just testing the performance after that warm-up uh, to find out if there was one duration that was better than another. And essentially what they found was the, the five-minute group that did the aerobic warm-up and then went right into um, the test uh, performed just as well as the 15-minute warm-up. And then that 15-minute warm-up had a five-minute duration rest um, and then they did the test. So basically 20 minutes before they did the test. Um, and I like this because it shows us we've got some options, but I think it gives us um, an idea of uh, if we are pressed for time and we want to get in, get the warm-up over with, 
and get on to the real bulk of our work, we don't have to spend tons of time in the warm-up itself. Now, five minutes, I will say, is pretty quick. I would say probably, in my opinion, probably close to a 10-minute range would be pretty optimal, especially when you start tossing in some specific skill stuff. Um, but, but I like this uh, article because, again, it tells us that the, the duration of that warm-up specifically doesn't have to be super, super long, and we don't see a huge uh, decrease in performance uh, compared to hanging out for 20 minutes, 15 minutes of the warm-up, and, and five minutes off. Um, moving on. So <clears throat> um, in the previous episode of stretching, I mentioned a few other things uh, in terms of basically injury uh, risk reduction and uh, stretching and basically the results are pretty much nil for stretching to help reduce injuries. Uh, but I wanted to kind of mention them briefly in this uh, podcast, um, kind of as another blow to stretching in general. So um, I'll just kind of briefly mention the title and kind of move on from there. So um, effectiveness of multi-component lower extremity injury prevention programs in team sports at, uh, team sport athletes. Uh, an umbrella review. And so with that one, uh, I'll just quickly summarize. Basically, what they did is looked at a bunch of other studies to determine what was uh, best practice for helping reduce injuries. And long story short, um, some sort of balance or exercise training as well as resistance training was your best bet for reducing injuries, not stretching itself. And the reason why I say that is basically just to kind of uh, let people know that as part of a warm-up routine, we don't necessarily need to worry about spending a whole lot of time stretching. Now, I would definitely add into in that ramp idea, um, raising up that uh, heart rate and uh, body temperature. And then after that, the kind of activation phase, I would be taking joints that we're going to use into whatever range of motion that we're going to use them in and make it specific in that manner. So not necessarily stretching, but like if I'm gonna do, let's say squats that day, I'm probably gonna sit in an air squat, uh, do a couple of squats, some toe touches, maybe some lunges, um, but that's probably all I need to worry about. I don't necessarily need to do a big quad stretch, a big hamstring stretch, nothing along those lines uh, before going on to squatting for the day. Um, so yeah, I wanted to mention that. And then <clears throat> uh, another, just follow up to that. So the effectiveness of exercise interventions to prevent sports injuries, a systematic review and meta-analysis for randomized controlled trials. So again, uh, this is another study, another review actually that tells us uh, with more evidence that um, stretching, not necessarily something that needs to be in any type of injury prevention program. Um, which trickles down into basically suggesting we probably don't need to worry about having that in our warm-up. So if we've got a bunch of stuff in our warm-up currently, we should kind of evaluate, do we need to have it there, yes or no? And uh, I would put stretching in the column of no, not necessarily needing to have it. So <clears throat> moving right along. Um, so in terms of a warm-up, uh, to kind of summarize today's uh, episode, I really am a big fan of the ramp protocol, so raising, activating, mobilizing, and then uh, potentiating. Um, if we go, if we've got a, a warm-up um, and we want to be efficient, we understand that you know we can have a quicker warm-up, that five versus 15-minute warm-up uh, study, 
Um, and then on top of that, stretching is not necessarily something that needs to be inside that warm-up as a whole. So gets, do something that gets our heart rate up a little bit sweaty. Do a few things that are specific to the things we're going to do in that workout. And then start doing maybe some lighter loads of that specific movement. And then from there, I mean, you're pretty much good to go. So however long that takes you to do, then uh, that's as long as it takes you to do. Um, but uh, like I said, I'll probably do a follow-up episode to this since we're going at 20 minutes right now um, and uh, and kind of go over some examples of the things that I do specifically uh, in the gym as it relates to my warm-up. So if you liked it, awesome. Uh, go follow me on Instagram at barbell underscore Cairo. And uh, if you've got any questions or anything or things you want me to do a, a episode over, that'd be great. Uh, just on Instagram there actually probably be the easiest way to just send me a message and I will try and get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks. Bye-bye.